a short word and it's so fitting that we're introducing this series today on a day that we are doing communion because tell somebody that the blood makes it possible thank you Lord. tell somebody the blood makes it possible just convening with the Lord and let's thank him for everything that he's been doing here. God has been speaking words of affirmation and confirmation in this place over the things that he is in the process of doing. Tell somebody God is doing something. And tell somebody I'm not going to miss it. I've waited all my life for what God is about to do. let anxiousness, I'm not going to let fear, I'm not going to let worration make me miss it. See, the devil knows that he can't stop what God ultimately wants to do, but he can stop you from being a part of it. You can go to heaven and miss what God wants to do. Tell somebody, I won't miss this move. And so while we are preparing for Easter, Exchange Sunday as we call it, God said, I want us to, to, to start with the work of the cross and work our way backwards. Tell somebody, let's work our way backwards. How many of you are thankful for the, for, the, for the completed work of the cross? Tell somebody, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the completed work of the cross. But God was telling me a couple of things, and I just want to drop a couple of nuggets on you. And God was telling me, he said, son, appreciate people's appreciation of the cross but people look at the cross so many times in a one-dimensional way that the cross represents everything that Jesus eliminated for us he eliminated the, the penalty of sin he eliminated sickness and disease. He eliminated uh, the ultimate punishment of hell. But the fact of the matter is, people of God, that, that the cross represents more than just what he eliminated. The cross represents what now is possible. And so that's what the devil, he said, look, if I can't stop you from being a Christian, if I can't stop you from being a Christian, I will blind and obscure your benefits. See, the devil doesn't play, he doesn't play fair pool. He said, if I can't stop you from going on your way, going on your way to heaven, I'll make sure you live in hell on your way there. 
See, that's the kind of stuff he does. He says, say, look, say, I don't mind you being saved. I'm making sure that you never go out and multiply and get somebody else saved. I'll keep you in a figure eight. I'll keep you like a dog chasing its tail. I'll keep you, I'll keep you going in and out of drama to where you can never be a benefit for the kingdom of God. And in some ways, he still won. Anybody ever known people like that? They're saved to the bone, but don't live a life of victory. They're saved to the bone. I mean, saved, sanctified, holy, go feel, fire, baptized, all the other adjectives you want to call them. But they lit that, but when you look at them, I don't see kingdom on them other than what they wear and what they say. Your life does not look like kingdom. And the fact of the matter is, Jesus came to save us more than from, is what Jesus came to save us to. He saved us from a life of sin. He saved us from the penalty of death. He saved us from sickness and disease and hardship, but he also gave us access. Somebody say access. How many of you have accepted Jesus in this room? Tell your neighbor beside you, you have access. So can we, can, can, can we just say, thank you, Lord. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Then I'm no longer on my way to hell. Say, thank you, Lord, that I no longer have to be sick again. Say, thank you, Lord, for the protection of the blood. Say, but I want to know what else there is. Okay? So that's our focus over the next couple of weeks. That it's more than what, the, the, that, that, that is more than what the, uh, uh, the blood of Jesus saved us from. It's what it has given us access to. And then when Exchange Sunday comes, y'all, we're going to have such a new understanding and revelation of what, of what the blood of Jesus and what Jesus' sacrifice did for us. We're going to be able to celebrate it on a whole, new, a whole new level, a whole new plane that will last beyond the Super Bowl Sunday of churches. See, everybody gets excited. Oh, we thank you, Lord, for the blood, but I need blood 52 weeks after the year. Don't man, I don't want you. Don't want, I don't want nobody confused the fact that I'm ungrateful. That, that I'm being ungrateful. I am grateful for the fact that <coughs> that I no longer have to suffer the penalty of death, hell, and the grave. But there's somebody Jesus died for more than that. Jesus said, "With me, all things are possible." And so, uh, the, the the title today, put it back up there for me. The, the, the title today is "Why Not." The whole series is "Why Not." Somebody say, "Why Not." Jesus' sacrifice wiped out anything that would impede you. What did God say? With man, it is impossible. But with God, how many how many are with God? Nothing is impossible. Either you believe the word or you don't. Because let me see. See, see the, the devil tricks us into thinking. He tricks us into thinking that these physical hardships in this earth realm are impossible. But I want you to know some people of God, the most impossible thing has already happened when you accepted Jesus Christ. The fact that you could be born in sin, shaped with iniquity, on your way to hell, some of us on a fast train there, but Jesus picked you up, he dusted you off, he cleaned you up, he cleaned you up and he made you a new creature. The fact that you could be born again, the hardest thing 
accomplish. The fact that he can renew your spirit. That's, about it. That's the hardest thing. But the devil has done a Jedi mind trick. He got us trusting in what we can see, what we can touch, what we can feel, and what we can hear from the doctor's report more than we trust in the, in the law and the heart of God. But God said, with man it's impossible, but with God all things possible. Just somebody beside you when he saved me. He's, he already did the hardest thing. Y'all got to get that. He did the most miraculous thing when he saved you. So what is that sickness compared to changing a soul? What is that need that you have financially compared to him saving you? See, we're destroyed not because of lack of church, not because of lack of praise and worship. We're, not, we're destroyed because of lack of knowledge. And the devil said, if I can keep you blinded to the fact that the hardest thing has already been done, everything else melts like wax. God, hope I'm making sense today. So God's question to us is, why not? And today it's why not you, but I left, it, I left it intentionally blank because I don't know what your blank you got to feel. Why not start the business? Why not trust again in love? Why not go back to school? Because tell somebody he's already done the hardest thing. I want you to say, I, if, I say, if I just say this for the next 20 minutes, I want you to get that. That God has literally done the hardest thing. When he turned your stony heart. Anybody had a stony heart? Hard-headed, wanted to do what it wanted to do. Knew you was on, the hell and, on your way to hell and didn't care. Anybody ever had a stony heart? He made it a heart of flesh that was malleable. That he could shape. That he could pour his good character and his good nature into. Somebody say, thank you, Lord, for a heart of flesh. He did the hardest thing when he saved you. And so anything else that he calls you to do is child's play. I said, Pastor Tony, you're talking crazy. I'm telling you, we are supernatural in our power. Now, if you try to do it in your own power, then you are subject to the laws of gravity, the laws of all, the laws of physics, the laws of everything. But tell somebody, we operate in a higher law. We are in this world, but we're not of it. We are pilgrims traveling through here, but we belong of another kingdom. And so the things that the rest of this world is subject to Tell somebody, when I come into the family of God. Come on, tell somebody, when I come into the family of God, I become the exception. And I want you to know today that you are the exception. You are the exception on the job. You are the exception in your neighborhood. You are the exception to the statistics that say that if you raise in a family by yourself and a husband ran off, off with you, that, hey, ran off with somebody else, that, that your children are going to end up in the street. Tell somebody, I'm the exception. Thank you. 
that 98% of businesses that start fail. Talk about I'm the exception. Good God from Zion. I'm the exception. That I got to get off right is when I get get 60 plus. Tell somebody, I'm the exception. I'm telling you, the next time a pain gets hit, your body say, uh-uh, devil, I'm the exception. I live above the natural laws of this world. Hey, this ain't nowhere on my screen, but y'all better hear the word of the Lord today. You are the exception. When you come into the family of God, the stuff of this world does not apply to the children of the kingdom of God. Somebody shout, I am the exception. Uh-uh, devil. They laying off everybody, but I'm the exception. They'll promote me before they let me go. Tell somebody, I am the exception. John 15 and 16 says this. Say, ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. This is the Lord speaking. And ordained you that you should bring forth fruit. And that, it, that, and that your fruit should remain. And whatsoever, somebody say whatsoever. You ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. You've been chosen to carry out his name. Tell me, I've been authorized to use his name. <laughs> come on, come on, say it again. I'm, t- I'm telling y'all to say these things so that you can hear because faith comes by hearing. Tell somebody, I've been authorized to use his name. And his name comes with access. Some people, you can drop people's name and that don't mean nothing. But tell somebody, I've been authorized to use his name. His name gives me access. Access to the Father. Access to the kingdom of God. Access to every blessing, every need met. Tell somebody, I have access. So today's topic for the next few minutes is why not you? Tell somebody, why not you? You asking yourself, why? Lord, why me? I hear the Lord saying, why not you? But Lord, with my past, with, with my this, with my babies out of wedlock, with my divorce, with, with, with everything that everybody knows about me, with my past and everything that I've done, why me? God, I hear the Lord saying, I considered all that when I called you. And so God's response is, why not you? Shake somebody by the hand. Tell them, why not you? Psalm 139 and 13 says this. Here's a reason. Here's a reason God has called you. And he considered everything about you when he called you. Psalm Psalm 139 and 13 says this. For you were formed, for you formed my inward parts. Somebody say my inward parts. My inward parts are, 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 are the finite details, the way that I think, the way that I carry things out, my likes, my dislikes, my proclivities, everything about me. God, you formed me in my inward parts. Then the word says, you knitted me together. Anybody ever seen anybody doing knitting? That, that, that is a slow and meticulous process. 
ain't talking about using a sewing machine. I'm talking about somebody do, doing that. You got to thread the needle and you go in and out and, and, and you clip it off and then you start another thread this way. You pick particular colors. God said everything about you, I knitted you together. So don't think that you some mistake. Don't think that just some happenstance. Don't think that my flaws and everybody's like this. God said I called you based on the specifics of how I made you. Now hear the Lord saying, I did not make a mistake. Tell somebody, he did not make a mistake. Says he knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. How many know that God has called you to do something specific? He's all, he, he all, everybody has been called to do something specific, but everybody is not knowledgeable of it. Let me see your hands if you're knowledgeable of the thing that God has called you to do specifically. God said, I knitted you together specifically for what I called you to do. In other words, you're made for this. Tell somebody, you're made for this. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We get, we get so uh, exuberant. We get so celebratory when, when God speaks a word and he confirms, yes, I called you to greatness. I called you to be influential. I called you to do all this. But we get, we get happy about that. But, he, but what we don't look at, we don't look at the small print. And the small print says, in order for you to get to that place of greatness, I got to send you through a valley. I got to send you through a fiery furnace. I got to send you through a place. Where you're going to be talked about. Where you're going to be ostracized. i got to send you through a place of pain so that you can celebrate this triumph. And that's the part that God, I didn't sign up for this. Oh, yes, you did. Tell me, you signed up for this. Because there was a period of testing. to certify you before he puts you on display. Don't nobody want to go in nobody's doctor's office that got something to look like it was made up on Photoshop. I want to see, I want to see your diploma. I want to see the, I want to see the school seal. I want to see signed by the president and the governor before you put your hands on me. And if we expect that out of, out of our physicians, and if we expect that out of our accountants, and if we expect that out of our dietitians and our lawyers, what do you think God, God said, I'm not going to put you on display until you've been certified, until you've been tried, until you went to see, until you got to the place where you was about to give up, but the calling kicked in. So you got to understand, Everything is not always going to look favorable. There have been times that I've been up all night in pain. There's a time that I, I was sick of people. Some of y'all in this room, I've been sick of people and didn't want to come here. But guess what, y'all? Then the calling kicked in. Your assignment is not predicated on what I feel like today. Tell somebody, you better let your calling kick in. your calling kick in. Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane and he was trying to he was trying to negotiate his way out of his assignment. He said, God, is there any way this cup can pass? I don't want to do this. He 
was all God, but he was also all flesh. And he knew what was about to happen. He said, God, is there any way I can get out of this? God went silent. He said, nevertheless, your will, not mine. I hear the Lord saying, why not you? You're going through the pressure. You're going through the crucible. You're going through. Nobody. People are wearing. People are wearing costume jewelry, but people will prefer a real diamond that has went through pressure. That has went. That that has went through a process. We want to shine bright like a diamond, but we don't want to go through the process. I hear the Lord saying. If you submit to the process, you will be just what I called you to be. Daniel 11 and 32 says this. It says, And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall be corrupt by flatteries. But the people who know their God, tell somebody, I know him. First, there are two promises that's in this scripture. One is that you shall be strong. I want, I, want, I want to just put a pin right there just for a second. How many ever felt weak in what, weak in what you're going through? Come on, let me see your hand. Come on, let's be honest. We, we, we can't be honest here. What can we be honest here? Tell somebody, I felt weak before, but I know my God. So therefore, I might have temporary weakness, but I'm coming out of this, and because I know God, I've got a promise that strength is coming. Y'all can't, y'all can't read the Bible. You got to read the Bible. Those that know their God shall be strong. That's not a suggestion. That's a promise. How many of you know him? Come on, wave your hand. Say, I know him. Therefore, I shall be strong. I ain't saying nothing deep today. I'm just stirring up your faith. So many times we opt for the weakness because we can get attention out of that. We opt for, oh Lord, so woe is me. Hopefully he will give us an exemption from the pain that we got to go through. No, no, God said, my word already said, if you just tap into it, if you know me, I've got strength available. And then it goes on to say, those that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Somebody say exploits. I don't want to assume everybody knows this, but the definition of exploits means deeds or acts that are especially daring or bold. Somebody say exploits. Not only do you have a promise, uh, a promise and a command that if you know God, you shall be strong, but the purpose of the strength is so that you can do daring things for the kingdom of God. Some of us are playing it too close to the vest. We are operating out of fear. God, I don't want to get to. And we, and we use the guise of God. I want to step out of your will. God said, everywhere your feet going to tread, I'm going to give to you. You are licensed to go out and do daring things. Touch somebody tell them daring things. You should be doing daring things. You should be doing the extra thing. You should be standing out among your peers. 
You should be standing out. You should be beating statistics, not being one. Somebody say daring things. I don't want to cover the next couple of minutes. Just off this, this is what the devil does to us, and this is what I want to focus on in particular. I want you to go with me to uh, the first Kings, the third chapter. This is where Solomon, this is where Solomon is just taking over the throne from his father, King David. Somebody say King David. King David is known as one of the greatest kings there ever was. Not only because he loved God, not only because he was a great warrior, not because he was perfect, because he had God's heart. And he was always in pursuit after God, even when he was wrong, he always came back to God. Tell somebody, always come back to God. First Kings, the third chapter six, verse says this, and Solomon said, thou hast showed unto thy servant David, my father, great mercy. According as he has walked before thee in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee, and thou hast kept for him great kindness, and thou hast given unto him a son to sit on his throne as it is of this day. This was like inauguration day for Solomon. And all of a sudden he's realizing, oh my God, I'm the king. Anybody ever been there where you've been aspirational for something? Anybody ever been there where you've been reaching for something and all of a sudden God opens the door and it scares you almost? Like, oh my God, I'm here. Oh my God, I prophesied the corner office and I got the corner office. Oh my goodness. God has made me a person of influence and now I got all these people reporting to me and I got all this responsibility and you're about to freak out. Oh God, what do you ask for this? Just about to be careful what you ask for. Because when God opens the door, now he's going to give you more territory. We like to pray the prayer to prayers, enlarge my territory and all that stuff. But when God does it, don't let fear grip your heart. You know why? Tell somebody, I'm built for this. You're built for this. But look at what he says in 7. He says, and now, O Lord, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David my father. And I am but a little child, and I know not how to go out or to come in. I just want to address this just a little second. For those, tell somebody, God's about to open doors for me. Guess what? And the doors he's about to open for you, many of you are going to be unqualified. See, favor will put you in places that you have no place being. will put you over people with more degrees than you. And you have to realize that when you go to God thanking him, instead of him saying, thank you, Lord, for preserving me, he came to God with the apprehension. He said, I thank you, Lord, for how you've shown favor to my father and all that. But God, I don't even know the protocol. He said, I don't know how to go out and come in. I'm sitting in the place of being a king, and I don't know how to curtsy. I don't know, I don't know how to protocol. I don't know which fort to pick up. God said, hey, I'm going to put you in place. You're not going to know the etiquette because you're going to be in a place where you're going to have to depend on me. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all things. In all 
your ways acknowledge me. And I'm going to direct your path. But see, Solomon, see, he goes down as a man of wisdom. He acknowledged the truth. Tell somebody, tell the truth. You ain't got to fight the fault with God. See, a lot of times we go in and we, we want to, we study, we go on Google and find a couple terms and we want to talk the lingo and blah, blah, trying to fool everybody else. But you cannot fool God. God, I thank you, Lord, that you let, that you open this door for me. But God, if you don't show me how to manage this, God, I'm going to make you and me look bad. And I'm going to be hanging around a tree like Judas. If this, if God, if you don't help me. Somebody say, help, Lord. God said, I'm going to put you in positions where you're going to have to lean on me. Whew. That if you don't say, God, you better help me. But here's the thing. When we do it God's way, somebody say, do it God's way. When we do it God's way, we qualify for the help. But when you manipulate your way, when you, act, when you act like Jacob and I'm gonna keep this trickeration in my back pocket that just in case God knows, when you start doing it yourself, you, you say, God, God say, okay, God, you got it. You done tied my hands, I can't help you. When you get in a tight spot, I can't bless you because you put yourself here. But what God establishes, no man can take down. But God said he sit above one and he take him down another. When God sits you there, He's responsible for you flourishing. This is for somebody who God has already opened the door and he's got you out in deep water. Somebody say deep water. God said, I didn't call you anywhere for you to fail. He's saying, why not you? Some of you already, you trusted God and you saw God, you saw, saw God bloom and blossom a little bit. But things have taken a turn for the worse. And you start to ask God, why God? Why God? But God's saying, why not? Why not? I've chosen you to go through. I've chosen you to be proven. I've chosen you to be a billboard for the kingdom of God. And if people don't see you, they won't see me. God, I want y'all, I want y'all to hear that real good. God said, if they don't see you, if they don't see you go through, if they don't see you endure hardness as a good soldier, if they don't see you endure the lies, if they don't see you endure the bankruptcy, if they don't see you endure the divorce, God said they won't see me if they don't see you go. I said, that's the why I, that's the reason I chose you. But I want you to know this. Here's the next thing. He says, this, this, this is so, this is so great. He's saying, God, basically, Solomon was saying, God, I'm not worthy. I'm, I'm just a baby. Now, this was a grown man saying, I'm a child. I mean, I don't know how to talk like a king. I don't know how to walk. I don't know how to conduct myself. And then in 8, he says this. He says, and your servant is in the midst of your people. Somebody say the people. Whom you have chosen. A great people. Too many to be numbered or counted for. See, Solomon was talking about himself. Himself. But he really had fear and apprehension because he was scared of the opinion of the people. Could you imagine what it would be like to follow 
Oh, and your daddy is King David? That's like, that's like you know, Michael Jordan's son saying, I'm going to go play basketball. You're talking about the greatest. And now all of a sudden, you got to follow up your daddy that did all those great things. His concern was the concern, what was the opinion of people. Now, let me go on later on in that chapter. He does the wise thing by asking for wisdom. Tell somebody, ask for wisdom. God said he, will, he, won't, he won't hold back if you request wisdom from him. But here's the thing that I want you to know, people of God. That obeying God may cost you everything. That following God may cost you everything. It may cost you friends. It may cost you family members. It may cost you your, 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 your cut buddy, the people that you grew up with, and, and y'all cut, cut, cut your leg together or going on a merry-go-round. Tell somebody, it's going to cost you. But God told me one thing to tell you, that the approval of others is not a prerequisite to obey God. I'm going to say that again. That the approval of others is not a prerequisite to you obeying God. I said, there are some of this room that know what you need to do, that know the pattern that you need to follow, know the choices that you need to make. But because, see, so many times we can have circular arguments in our own mind. We're playing chess against ourselves. That if I make this move, then they're going to do this, and they're going to do that, and they're going to move over to the side, and they're going to be upset, and he's going to take me out of his will, and she's going to be mad at me, and she's going to do this, and she's going to do that, and they're going to feel like I'm trying to be better than them. God said you better consider the Father one who is responsible for your next heartbeat and your breath. Let God be the truth. Let every other person be a liar. God is saying literally, don't, don't make the approval of others. Now, am I giving you a license to be reckless and, uh, and, 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 and eat some green beans and wake up in the morning saying, I'm going to do this? No, I'm not. We should seek godly counsel. But any counsel that God sends us to should be a confirmation of what's already in our spirit. Now, that's the best teaching I've done of the day. So now I'm not giving you a license to be, to be a Brahma bull just running doing everything. No, I'm not saying that. But when you know it's a sure word from God, you may have to turn down your plate and fast for two weeks. You may have to turn everything, but when you know it's God, you don't need anybody co-signing. You don't need the approval of others. I'm not giving you a license to be rebellious or to be reckless. What I'm saying that when it has met the litmus test to where you know without as sure as your name and your social security number that this is God, I can't consider other people's opinions because they don't know the blueprint of where God is calling me. Last thing I want to leave with you is this. Philippians 1 and 6 says this, being confident, somebody say confident, of this very thing, that he which began a good work 
Let somebody tell me he began a good work. He began it when he formed me in my mother's womb. Remember? I was knitted and I was stitched together. I was fearfully and wonderfully made. He took meticulous time in, in the creation of me. So in, in that case, he who began a good work in me. Tell somebody he began a good work in me. Tell somebody and I'm, tell somebody, and I'm, for, uh, tell somebody I'm confident in that. See, he, this is, see, this is the thing. The devil, he chips away at our confidence. And I believe that God started a good thing in me. Y'all know that bad news travels 10 times as fast as good news. Let somebody say, oh, you know, Pastor Tony is really being blessed. And that'll travel slow as a snail. But let somebody say, you know, Pastor Tony got three girlfriends outside his wife. That'll be everywhere by this afternoon. That's the truth. And what the devil, he wants us to have lack of confidence in our confidence. I know it's not like I'm talking in circles, but you got to have confidence in your confidence. That I am confident, I ain't confident of much, but I am confident of this one very thing. That he be, that began a good work in me, he shall perform it. Everybody standing. Tell somebody he began a good work in you. Come on, come on, come on. Touch him again. Touch him again. Look him in the face. Tell me he, he began a good work in you. And then tell him anything that God starts, he finishes. He, he, he began a good work. He began a good work. We may have jumped out the pan. We may have jumped out of, we may have jumped out of the oven. But nevertheless, God said, if you just go back to the place where you first paused, I began a good work. If you go back to that place where you start losing faith, if you go back to that place where they turn their back on you, if you go back to the place where you put that gift and that calling on the shelf and say, Lord, I'm not going to throw it away, but I'm going to bury it because to look at it causes too much pain. God said, if you go back to that place, you will find that I began a good work. If you go back to that spot, tell somebody, go back to the spot. Go back to the spot. Go back, go back to the spot where you laid it down. Go back to the spot where the disappointment happened. Go back to the spot where they lied on you. Go back to the spot where people betrayed you. God said, that's where you got out of alignment. That's where you start putting your confidence in man more than you put in me. That's where you buried that light under a bush. But God said, if you would go back to that spot, you will find that I began a good work. And if you pick it up, dust it off, study it, look at it. You know what? This is a good word. Got a little bumps and bruises on me. Got some scars that tell, that tell a story. Got some hurts and some... Some stuff that happened. Anybody? Am I describing anybody? But tell somebody with all that's wrong with me, I'm a good word. Yeah. 
with all the times I've disappointed God, with all the times that I turned my back on him, with all the times I made a promise, God, I never, and, and by next week, we done turned our mind. But all the time that God, I'm going to go with you all the way, but we let emotions get the best of us, and we let other people that didn't know God influence us and get in our ear and turn our hearts away from God. God said, with all of that, you're still a good word. Tell somebody, I'm still a good word. Come on, come on, y'all help me finish. I ain't gonna tell you to shake them and rock them, but tell somebody, tell somebody, tell somebody, I'm still a good word. Tell somebody, out of all that I've been through, tell somebody, of all that I've done, all the times I've disappointed my God, He still considers me a good word. Somebody put your hand together, tell somebody, I'm still a good word. I am still salvageable. He still can use me. He's still not finished with me. Why me, God? No, God said, why not you? Why not you at your age, at your stage, with all your, your, your glitter past, with all the things that you did wrong, God is still saying, I still have need of you. Somebody lift your hand to thank God that the master still has need of you. Yes. Some of y'all thinking, God, my time is past. He didn't call Abraham till he was in his 90s. God said, you don't have the right to tell me what I can do with time. I'm the creator of time, not you. limits on what I can do. I can do more for you in one hour than, than it took your whole lifetime to get to this hour. Why? Because with man it's impossible. But with God. All things. Somebody say all things. Do your hand like that. Say all things. All things. That's inclusionary of everything. I don't care what your thing is. Sickness in, I think somebody else tells about it's under the all. All things are possible. I want you to shake your name and tell him, why not you? Why not you? There are no more excuses. Why not you? Why not you start that business? Why not you to start that foundation? You ain't gotta worry about the money. God say, I own the cattle, I own the hill. I need you to be obedient. Come on, tell everybody right here, tell them, why not you? Why not you? Why not you? Why not you? What's your excuse? What's your excuse? He always said, I called you. I empowered you. I created you in my likeness. I've given you my Holy Spirit. You have no more excuses. Somebody say, why not you? Somebody worship him in this room. Some of you are re-accepting the call right now. God is reminding you 
that I don't care about any of that stuff. If you go back to that spot where you laid it down, you will find that I began a good work. I began a good work. And he that began a good work shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Meaning that God will constantly be sending you through, through perfection, through the purification process, through the guidance process, until Jesus cracks the sky. Somebody hold hands with your neighbor. God, we thank you, Lord, for the word today. We thank you that your blood had made it possible. Not only that we be free from sin, death, hell, and the grave, but I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that your blood has given us access. Your blood has taken away all impediments. Your blood has taken away all excuses. Just like you told Joshua, Lord, no man shall be able to stand before us. Every place that our foot shall trod, you have given to us. You will bless those that bless us. You will curse those that curse us. And so God, we, we recommit ourselves to what you've called us to do. We recommit ourselves to what you commissioned us to do. Lord, we recommit ourselves to what you knitted in the fabric of our lives from our mother's womb. Lord, we know that we cannot fail with you. As long as we stay with you, we cannot fail. I thank you, Lord, that you send power to your people now. Power to ignore the naysayers. Power to ignore family members. Say, girl, you crazy. Why are you doing that? Don't you know your age? Anybody your age, you supposed to be planning, girl, to have you a nice retirement. Man, why are you, going to, why are you doing that? At your age, at your stage? Some, some people could be saying, you too young. You need to live a little bit. You need to do that. Now is the acceptable time. To obey him. God said, I am with you. And he said, I am for you. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Lord, we pray strength and faith in our neighbor's hand. We pray a perseverance. Lord, your word said that those that know their God, we know you, God. We thank you, Lord, that our neighbor knows you. And your word of God said those that know their God shall be strong and shall do exploits. I thank you, Lord, that we will start watering down what you called us to do. That we will blow, and we will blow the dust off what you called us to do, and we're going to turn the volume up on what you called us to do.
because you've called us to do exploits. You called us to do daring things. You called us to go where no man dares to go. You, Lord, you, you, you called us to do things that are beyond the scope of what our physical abilities look like. So, Lord, we thank you, Lord. We pray faith and courage and, persever and perseverance into our neighbor's hand right now. That they will not fear. Though they see giants in the land, they will remember the Lord their God. And they shall do exploit. We thank you today that this word has found us. This word has challenged us. And it has shifted how we think about ourselves and our place in the kingdom. God, we love you. God, we bless you. God, we receive this word today. We receive it unto ourselves. And we thank you, Lord, that we are good ground for this word. And we will accomplish. Squeeze a hand and tell your neighbor, accomplish. accomplish. Tell somebody, accomplish. accomplish. Tell them, fulfill. fulfill. Come on, squeeze a hand again. Tell them, fulfill. fulfill. Yeah, yeah, that's what this year is about. That's what God is sending us through hard messaging because it's time for us to fulfill. Come on, squeeze, squeeze that neighbor hand. Tell them you will fulfill. You will fulfill. Yes, you will. You're going to fulfill. Now, in your fulfilling, you may disappoint a whole lot of other people, but we live for an audience of one. Tell somebody you will fulfill. You will. So, God, we thank you. Lord, that you didn't leave us how you found us today. That you're leaving us better. You're leaving us stronger. You're leaving us with more wisdom and knowledge. And so, God, as we prepare to leave this place, we thank you that we leave today with swiftness in our feet to obey every dot and every tittle that you called us to do. Lord, you've already been speaking to us with clarity. We thank you that when we leave this place, we begin to put in things in order. We begin to prune things and people from our lives that are not in alignment with what you called us to. We thank you for it. We believe this word. We believe it so much we're going to obey this word. <laughs> Tell somebody, I believe the word. And I will obey the word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. Come on, somebody clap your hands if you receive that word today. Come on, tell somebody. Come on, tell somebody, why not you? Come on, tell somebody, why not you? You ain't got no excuses no more. But you don't know, I don't care about your past. Tell somebody, why not you? Come on, hug somebody around you. Tell them, why not you? Tell them, go ahead and fulfill. Go ahead and fulfill.